No matter what's going on in your life, just remember, tough times don't last forever, but tough people do. And one day, you'll be free. Another edition of This Is Recorded Podcast. Shout out to Lancaster, California. That's where I was uh, raised up as from middle school all the way up to high school. And then I ended up in Atlanta. But um, yeah, I'm joined with uh, a dude that from the neighborhood where I, I grew up at in Lancaster, 17th Street East, <laughs> uh, uh, Avenue J, for some of y'all that don't know. Um, uh, my friend John, man. John, how you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm good, man. Good, good. It's good to hear from you. Good to see you doing positive things, man. So tell us where you grew up at or where you was born and how was life for you growing up? All right. Born somewhere in the valley. I I get it mixed up with uh, um, uh, like... uh, I can't can't think of Woodland Hills and uh, another place in the valley. Born out there... Uh, moms brought me to Palm. Moms and pops had a house in Palmdale. So young, being young, grew up in a house in Palmdale. Uh, me and my sister, me and Benet, me and you know Benet. Um, so young, we was, you know, we was there in Palmdale for, for sure. Maybe talk about like maybe, I want to say like six, seven or eight years old, probably something like that. You know, somewhere like that. Moved to Lancaster when they divorced. Probably about six or seven when they divorced. And um, was living over there where me and you, uh, you know, where we grew up at. I've probably been living over there probably since like eight years old. Um, uh, was going to, was going to, uh, going to like a little Christian school. And then, you know, mom's was, you know, paying most of the bills and doing everything on her own single mother. So that got too expensive. Went to public, started going to public school around fourth grade. Uh, went to what, Joshua, fourth grade, fifth grade. Went to Paiute, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Um, high school was when all kind of like a lot of little drama started. Uh, went to a few different high schools. Um, Went to AB for what a year and a, what freshman year, some of some of uh, some of some of sophomore year, then I got kicked out. Then went to Desert Winds, got kicked out of Desert Winds. Then went to Phoenix, was good at Phoenix, uh, good at Phoenix. Got out with the Lancaster High for about half a school year. Was doing good in school, but outside of school, it 
when I was running amok and all my mayhem was in the streets. So I didn't finish high school. I ended up catching a case. That was 2006. I ended up catching a case in 2006. And uh, uh, my pops was able to bail me out, but I ended up having to turn myself in after the Christmas break. You know, that Christmas break that we have every year for school. So I ended up having to turn myself in after that. And I had to do six months. I, I had to do six flat months in the county jail for for the case I had caught at that time. Um, but, you know, growing up out there, it used to be, you know, pretty dull. And it wasn't no, it wasn't a lot of action, like, as far as streets concerned, like, at first. Like, it used to be really nobody and nothing around out there. Like, it was just, you know, just regular kids. And, you know, you had to, you know, we, you know, people were playing sports and, you know, kids were into other things and all that, and then it just was like a whole wave that people got caught up in, young. Yeah. It was like, oh, you know what I'm saying? You remember that. Like, it was just young niggas out there just wilding. Like, just all, like, a lot of us just started wilding out. And, and you know, it was, you know, we, uh, I, I don't like to, I don't want to brag and say, like, oh, we started this and all that. But I, I, I just have to keep it real. The way that it's formed, the way that it is out there now, I can say is because of the niggas in my age bracket. How we started and we was acting a fool and, you know, you know, we remember we used to go to the motherfucking dollar movie. And nigga, you, you, it's good to see a fucking... 20 nigga rumble at the dollar movie <laughs> any given weekend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it, it's like, in the fair, the fair is right now. In the fair, in the oh fair, my like, God. Like, tell them about the fair. Tell them about, if you know anything about AV, the fair man. is not, it's the worst, it's the best and the worst thing because everybody's trying to go see girls, but in seeing girls, you gonna see somebody you don't like and it's gonna be right. bad. So, I mean, but now, I go to the fair now with no problem. You know what I'm saying? Because it ain't nothing. But between the years of probably maybe 2001 and 2005, 2006, 2007 maybe, you went up to the fair if you wanted you wanted a problem that night. It wasn't no ifs, ands, buts about it. Like, you went on a Friday and a Saturday night, Cause that's when the most people were or, or dollar nights there. or the dollar nights or dollar, <laughs> <laughs> or dollar nights. You go up there on dollar night where everybody from Blackout to the Palmdale is out there. Guaranteed, if you was in the mix, if you was in the streets, if you was fighting niggas, if you was getting into it with niggas, guaranteed, you go to the fair, you're gonna see that person. They gonna be with they people. You gonna be with your people, and it's gonna be on. You know what I'm saying? It was always always hard for me, too, because it was like I was cool with everybody. I wasn't into no gang shit, nothing. But it made it hard because I'm cool with everybody. It really didn't even matter because it would be like you you cool with me. And we lived down the street from each other. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we lived down right down the street from each other. I, I think I probably... You probably smoked your first blunt with me if 
I'm not mistaken. <laughs> no, like, I, I was smoking real, in middle. Like, I was smoking in middle school with Mexicans, nigga. <laughs> Hey, we was in the garage, in your mom's garage, and she opened the garage door, <laughs> and we ran out the front. I remember that shit. <laughs> bro, bro, so, you know what I'm saying? So, at the fair, it could have been a situation where you would have saw me and would have been mobbing with me. You came up there with Xavier or something, and I've been knowing Xavier longer than you. Oh, yeah. And then, y'all would have saw me at the fair, would have been mobbing with me, and just because... We lived down the street from each other and we hella cool and if I if one of my problems would have came to me, it would just would have been like, Oh, he with these niggas like and it would have been like, Yo, I'm like Damn, I just can't let the homie just, you know. Yeah, it's like, or we get back to the block, this nigga gonna fuck me up. Because we let him him get beat up. So, my nigga, you better choose, my nigga. You better choose one or the other, my nigga. What's up? You know what I'm saying? It was just automatic. And it was just people that, like you said, the people that, a lot of homies that, you know, they didn't pick a set. They didn't pick a clique. They didn't pick nobody to roll with. And, you know, they were just in the middle, but it's just, we're coming, be, we're, we're coming with being in the middle out there and knowing so many people, and it's so small. It's not big. It's like, it's a bunch of niggas and a bunch of females around there, but it's not big at all. Like, you can run into somebody you don't like at a Walmart probably all the time. You know what I'm saying? So, it's not like you can't get caught up. It ain't like, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, for the people that didn't, pick a set, pick a clique, or, you know, pick a group of niggas to, you know, run with. If you just knew niggas, like, you cool with these niggas, you cool with these niggas, you cool with that nigga. You might be at a party chopping it up with this nigga and this nigga. You know these niggas and they niggas. These other niggas come to the party. And you already knew how the house parties was back then. Like, we had to give give up house parties at a certain age. It was over with. By the time we hit, like, 17, we was like, we ain't going no more. It's not even fun no more. Man, rest in peace to my boy Devontae, man. I heard, like, it was like he got shot over a $50 I-50, man. Boost Mobile, like, if you remember those days. Is that, is, is, is that the dude, is that old boy that died at, uh, at JT's party? Yeah, man. Rest in peace. Shout out to yeah. J, JT, man, because yeah. him and his family handled that like a man back in the day. They came to the funeral. It was real respectful. And it was just like living in Lancaster, it was like everybody. The thing about Lancaster is everybody had family from L.A. or something like that. Yeah. And everybody has something to prove because they be like, you think I'm a bitch because I live in Lancaster, but I'm not. I have met a lot yeah. of people that lived in Lancaster for a long time that is with the shits. For real, for real. With all of it, with all the shit. Yeah, and it's just like, with that's... all the shit. Snoop Dogg, if anybody watched that Snoop um, football special, it was a boy that yeah, lived... I saw in, when he was, yeah, when he was talking about Lancaster, yeah. Yeah, he said all the gang members uh, move out to Lancaster, try to do better. They got Section 8, they got low income... And my stepmom told me back in the day, it used to be signs coming from L.A. like move to the Antelope Valley because it's way, way cheaper than L.A. And for people that's trying to start a better life for themselves, they try to go to Antelope Valley. And then that gang activity, that gang culture got fucked up and it fucked up yeah. Lancaster. Like it was nice. It, it, tr- and- it, trickled, it, trickled, down, it trickled down there and it, it put an influence on everything that started from 
you know, TG's, Front Mile, Black Menace Mafia, the Boston. You know, if that's put an influence, that L.A. influence came and it put an influence in, in niggas, the young niggas that started all that was, you know, it was all young niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like, that started that shit, all them different little clicks and shit. And then, you know, one thing left went to another. And, you know, as niggas got older, the gunplay started getting, you know, involved. And that's what that's what it was for me. It was like that was the first time, like, gun violence was, like, really, really introduced to me. It was like I had a class with Devontae. Like, he was a real funny dude. He used to joke around a lot. And then, like, yeah. they told me, like, and like I said, like, he was another dude, like, goofy, whatever, but he wasn't scared. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was yeah, like, yeah. I was not there, but it was just like, you know, a situation happened. He like, I ain't going for it. And then what happened, happened. And God bless his soul. God bless his family. But that's the first time it hit home for me. I remember telling my stepmom and crying, like, yo, like, he really died. Like, yeah. this shit is crazy. Yeah. Like. We joke around all the time and fuck around and talk about girls and, sh- and like he's he's dead like he's dead dead like yeah. he's shot right. like right. this is land I'm like right. I'm like this land cat I thought we just dancing and um you know clown dancing me and him used to have fake battles and we had a class yeah, together at, shit. it's just on some stuff and it's just like yo what the fuck like Lancaster is really like. It's becoming like crazy, crazy for real. Like it, it, it's nuts, and that's what people don't understand. Like, and, and nothing is more a real nigga is like, yo, I'm probably gonna like go to jail on some stupid shit if I shoot you for no reason. But if you tell a nigga that's trying to prove himself, you ain't gonna do it, nigga. You right. pussy. You from Lancaster. You pussy. That nigga might do it. He might pop off. Like, right, yo, will do it. I'm gonna he do it. Man, yeah. I yeah. a lot of pressure cooking situations, bro, where it's like, you didn't have to do that, but you did it because you felt a way. Yeah. But you didn't have to do that. Like, you didn't have to do that like that. If you were going to do it, you could have did it totally different. Yeah. It, but you didn't have to do that. Like, I've seen the pressure cooker cook niggas, and niggas just do some wild shit. It's like, bro. And, and that's what I'm it. trying to figure out, too, like the... The bottom, you know, that's why I want to help with this podcast and different things like the bottom and figure out, you know, why things happen. Like you said earlier, like around eight, your parents broke up. What effects do you feel like right. that, that had on you at that time and gr- um, growing up? Like, like as I got older, you know, as I got older, you know, like I said, like around maybe like 10, I kind of like, I kind of... Uh, uh, I grew a dislike for my pops, right? Like a real strong dislike for my pops. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was little things where I wanted to, you know, I wanted to play football. He would always come up with a, you know, make an excuse why he couldn't put me in football or put me in a basketball. Like, cause I, I used to like, really like playing sports. You know what I'm saying? I used to be a real basketball fanatic. Like, you know what I'm saying? I used to ball. And you know what I'm saying? I, you, I mean, shit, you see me ball. We used to be out there with Julian Dad ball and with Marcus and shit. So, you know what I'm saying? Joseph used to, when Joseph moved over all the block, he was fucking the Mexican at the ball, go around the corner to Kevin and Quincy house, Kevin the ball. You know what I'm saying? So, we used to be out there really playing basketball and shit. So, maybe by the time I was 10, 11, I, I grew up real dislike. And a part of me, I, you know what I'm saying? I, 
part of me was, you know, you know, that attention factor. A lot of people don't think young kids, young boys need a male role model in their life because they really do. You know what I'm saying? They really, really do. Like, I can never have a son and just never, you know, just let him, let the streets have him. I couldn't, me being in the streets and me going through it, I couldn't let him, I couldn't let the streets have him. Now, every kid, you know, growing up, you know, even though you, you have your own choices, I knew the fuck I was doing. I knew that shit was wrong. I knew what my mama said. Be in the house. And I'm like, man, fuck that. I'm coming in the house when I feel like. I knew that shit was wrong. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't say, oh, I didn't know no better. Nigga, you know better. Your mama say, bring your ass in the house. Nigga, bring your ass in the house. Your mama say, don't want you. Don't want you hanging with them niggas. But you think them niggas is cool. You bring and stop hanging with them niggas. Because in the long run, you know what I'm saying? As a nigga get older, you see your mom's was the fucking bullshit and she knows the fuck she was talking about. Like all, like damn near all of us as adults find out now, like damn, her mom's the pops went tripping. They were telling us the real shit. Yep. But, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, I just, I, like, at, at a young age, I grew a, a strong dislike for my pops and it just got, it got, it got worse over the years. You know, I was still like, I would still go to school to please my mom just to get her off my back, just to leave me alone, get decent grades, get on to make the basketball team, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I would do that shit just so she could see, like, you know what I mean, just to be off my back. But it was, like, kind of like a double life, like, kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't get really heavy, heavy out there until probably, like, ninth grade, 14 years old, you know, really running wild, but, like, you know, Paiute years and shit, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Like, I was on basketball teams, getting all right grade. I was fighting a little bit. But, like, it was like, okay, once school got out, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to do what I want. Like, you know what I'm saying? Once school got out, I'm, I'm, I'm sneaking girls in the house. I'm smoking. You know what I'm saying? I'm smoking at Paiute. You know what I'm saying? One of the, one of the few that at sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I'm smoking weed, niggas. Like, you know what I'm saying? I hit my first blunt. Like at 12 years old in Arizona, going to visit my granny for a summer, and motherfucking uh, these dudes down the street from my grandma, they don't live there no more. From my grandma's old house, you know, one of them just, you know, he, they watched me grow up from the kids. So they was older than me though. They was like way older than me. So they, one of them called me down there one day, was like, "You want to smoke?" I'm like, "Yeah, fuck it." You know what I'm saying? I go over there, I smoke. And then when I got back to Cali, it was a wrap. Like, you know, I'm, where the weed at? You know what I'm saying? That's when stress was hot back then. So it was like five dollars get you four blunts. And if you and if you remember that, that uh, you remember that smoke shop up there by the Taco Bell, let young niggas buy blunts. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> it's always one spot like that. They, it was a spot um, by AV. I think it was on J. Uh, but they said they used to give niggas alcohol. Like, you could get liquor from that spot. I forgot the name of it, but it, it was kind of like a gas station. And it was next to the Chevron that niggas was getting killed at and shit. But it was like yeah, yeah, a yeah. little spot over there. They was letting niggas get alcohol. Like, uh, yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. They just, some of them people don't give a fuck. And I was like, that's the cause of, you know... In a, in, in, in a nutshell, dude, that's another cause of, you know, that's another cause of destruction. You know what I mean? You sell the kids this shit. Like, you don't have no boundaries. You don't have no morals. You just want the money. You don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck. You about to sell this little nigga a fucking Jack Daniel bottle. He might go stab his whole house up or shoot somebody. 
do some crazy shit, do yeah. jack carjacks. Like, you ain't thinking what this little young motherfucker's going through at home, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's drowning in his pain or whatever the fuck going on. You don't know what the fuck he going on. But, you know, they don't think. They just, you know, they just want the doubt. You know what I'm saying? So, I say around that time, like, six, seven, eighth grade, I was real rebellious, like, towards, like, you know, as far as listening to anybody. You know, and I I, I, I I take my responsibility, I take responsibility in acting the way I acted because I know it was wrong. I know what the fuck I was doing. I knew it was wrong, but I needed that attention. You know, so I'm looking for attention, and I was giving the wrong attention to myself, but I needed, uh, oh, shit, never mind. Um, yeah, that, that attention from a father figure wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and, uh, what'd you say? Oh, yeah, the father figure wasn't there, you know what I'm saying? And by the time he tried to, you know, because I ended up moving in, my mom ended up, like, around 16, 17, she had had enough. She was like, nigga, you about to go live with your dad. But I had lived with him before. He had a house on Fifth Street before, and, um, you remember that nigga Demetrius? Uh, it so, sounds familiar. Dem, Dem, Demetrius Pool. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know D Pool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, his, his. My dad, the dad, the house my dad had when I lived with him the first time was around the corner from Demetrius's house, and uh, he was never there. So it was like I had lived with him before, and like he would come, like I really, it was like really like my house, bro. Like my my pops would come on. Like, he'll come, he'll leave Monday all the way to Friday, bro. Come to the house, take a shit, come to the house, take a shower, maybe stay a day, maybe stay a couple of hours, bro. Leave me some money for food and stuff, and be gone for a whole other week, bro. And I was there by myself, bro. So it was like, it was like, by the time he tried to... You know, step up, I'm like, I'm like 15, 16, like low-key. When we 15 and 16, like, we grown. Like, you know what I'm saying? We ain't kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you can't treat me like a kid no more. I'm not a kid. Like, I'm down there grown. Like, so with him trying to step up and, but he's still not giving me that proper, you know, father-son shit. He's not instilling it in me. I'm running around, like, you know what I'm saying? And then I end up having to move back in with my mom. And then he had got another house, and she was like, you can go move to your dad. But I didn't tell my mom. I haven't told her until, like, recently. Now, like, it's crazy because I used to hide all this shit from my mom and shit. Now me and my mom will have a fucking two, three-hour conversation about all the old shit that I used to do that she had no idea. She just knew I was wild. And I, I talked to her with confidence, and I know it's coming from a place where it's like, I'm, you know, I'm releasing it, like, you know what I'm saying, in a, in, a, in a positive way no more where it can't stress her out. Like, you know what I mean? It's just shit that she didn't know after that as, as I was young, you know what I'm saying? So I used to hide all that shit when I was getting at my pop's first house from her. And then when he got his second house, and she was like, you going to go move to that? I'm like, look, you just don't know what the hell I was just doing at his first house. So, okay, I'm going to move with him because I already know what I'm about to do and what I can get away with and all that shit, bro. So it was like, it was like a little bit too late. You know what I'm saying? Like a little too late when he, when he tried 
and when he did try, it wasn't no, it wasn't, it wasn't really like it was just, you know, that's my day. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't really no. Like I kind of like I can say at that age, I didn't like respect him too much. No, because yeah, probably, it was already the you know I mean? damage was done. It was like you came there because it was a problem, and it was like nobody helping the problem. You just let me do whatever the fuck I want. It was like, hey, he need to live with you. And then you go live with him, and it was like, I mean, there's no rules, really, or what? Like, we need guidance. Right. Like, it, like they use the term, like, it takes a village to raise a child, because it, it does. It takes, like, a lot of different people that can speak to you in certain ways to get your brain to spark and do the right shit. But if you ain't got nobody really speaking to you, you as a young black man trying to figure out your own way, and you got aggression in you, and you got doubt and you got gangs and drugs and all these things around you it's kind of like yo like i don't really know what i'm doing so sometimes right. it, it, it you know what I mean? it's bad yeah so you, you it's easy to fall into it's easy to fall into you know into the negative shit very easy just like a lot of you know dudes that we we went to school with it was easy for a lot of us to just you know we all had that mindset you know what i'm saying and it was like and when you all have that mindset and, you know, shit is like that is going on at home, like in individuals' houses, you you talk to the homie, you know me, or you go to the homie house, and you see how a nigga lives and he, how he lives, you like, damn, this is the same shit at my house. Like, and then, y'all just, you know, y'all clicking that way, and then next thing y'all know, y'all sus. And it's just, you know what I mean? And then it's just, you know, on and on and on and on. You know what I'm saying? So it was just, it was easy for a lot of people you know, it, it, it was a place, Lancaster found there was a place where people, you know, like you said, can move their family and start over at the beginning. But it was like it was still a problem with individual, you know, housing and individual places. And then once, you know, people from L.A., you know, with that mentality came from L.A. out there. And they started getting up under the young niggas in their neighborhoods. And, oh, I'm from L.A., I'm from Whoopi Whoopi, you know. Some yeah. of them kids, you know, became fascinated with that shit. Like, oh, you from what? You know, you know what I mean? Or they got, a, oh, I got an uncle from over there. Who your uncle? Oh, you know what I'm saying? It was, and it is that easy. And if, if this older nigga sees this young nigga already out here in Lancaster on some other shit, he ain't going to do most of the time, nine out of times out of ten, he ain't going to pull him by the coattails and be like, look, don't do that. Like, I'm from where it's really cracking. Don't do that. Like, we'll do it. Most of the time, them niggas from L.A., saw the little young nigga like on some shit and be like, oh, that's my little homie and put him under your wing the wrong fucking way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then that little nigga would go get four of his homeboys from school, bring them over there, and the next you know, this nigga got a whole little crew over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that shit is deep because it's like, for me too, and you know, what I want to do with the podcast and shit like that is bring awareness and to bring like, just light on everything, like, even when it comes to gang shit, take it from, take, for instance, put your mindset of a dude that grew up, his dad was never there, his mom's is on drugs, he's raised by his grandma that's, like, crippled or something, she can't really do shit, and, like, you know, they ain't got no clothes, they ain't got nothing nice, and this gang member come tell you, like, hey, little bro, I can put you on, I can get you this, I can get you that, whatever, 
and this nigga fight for you if he take up for you. You used to get bullied or whatever, and he with you, nigga. You gonna right. do anything possible to rep your shit. You right. gonna do anything, and when I mean like anything, cause this nigga showed you family when you had no family. Right. Cause that's what people don't get about gangs. Like I was like, that yeah. shit's not for me. I like to crack jokes. I like to do mess with girls, whatever, whatever. It's like that. I knew my lane at a young age, but a lot of niggas right. didn't know they lane. So like, if you come from feeling like nothing and feeling like shit and somebody could bring you in, that's why the gang shit is so lovely and fantasizing. Cause it's a lot of broken men and women that go into the right. gang and they feel family. Like, we got beat up by these right. niggas, then we rode on these niggas, and then I was poor, and then this person got shot, and you was there for me, or whatever. So it's a right. lot of dudes that's in gangs and shit like that. Are That's they family. That's all they really, really know, and they right. willing to die for that shit. Because who am I to say, right. that's wrong, that you a blood, you a crip, you whatever, when this person was there for you when you was hungry? This nigga, right. may, maybe he got dirty money, but he bought you... Food with that dirty money. He he paid your light bill with that dirty money. He did whatever. Like so, sleep on his couch. You know what I'm saying? Like you you getting abused at home, and he like it's cool, little homie. Like come over here for a couple days, whatever. Like niggas don't know what's going on, but in gangs, like that's why people push towards gangs because it's like this is the only family I ever knew. Like people come from places. Mental abuse is worse than like physical abuse sometimes because. If somebody tell you you ain't shit, you look just like your father. You ain't shit. You look just like your father. You I'm like, damn, like maybe I ain't shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I right. look, I look like him, and he ain't shit. So maybe I ain't shit. So fuck it. I'm gonna go right. all the way with mine. I'm gonna do whatever the fuck and, 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 ever. And that, and that, that's a that's a thing. Like I had to tell my mom too later on in life. Like you shouldn't have been telling me that. Like, she wouldn't say I wasn't shit. She wouldn't say that because you know my mom. She don't talk like that. You know what I'm saying? So. But she would be like, she would just say shit like you, you like, she would say shit like, you're going to be just like your dad. And I'm like, at, at that age, I'm like, when I had that age of understanding, I'm like, come on, be just like him. Like, he ain't doing shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. that shit plays with your brain. Like, like now that, you know, when you look back on life, if you, if, 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 if you, if you come through, if you come through some shit and you get to my age, 30 and you start changing it. You start doing shit. And you look back on certain shit. And you look on back on what made you feel a certain way. Like, I used to I look back when I used to, like, really think on that shit. I used to, like, look at it like, I used to really, like, probably, I probably was a young nigga, like, really, like, that probably made me go all out. You talking about that nigga ain't shit. Oh, I got a piece of like him? Well, look, let me, let me do it a little bit different. Let me be extra with mine. You know what I'm saying? Let me... You know what I mean? Let me run it up in the streets. Like, I know he went in the streets like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me be different. In a, in a, let me be the same, different, but in a negative way. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's saying, she's telling me, like, he ain't no good. But he wasn't in the streets. He didn't sell drugs or nothing. He was just, you know, not the greatest father, not the greatest husband. And, you know what I'm saying? She was saying he wasn't no good that way. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, at a young age, I'm like, at a young age, I'm like, if I had kids, you know what I'm saying, I wouldn't have, you know, my kids talking about, you know, I ain't shit and all this. So I'm like, well, I ain't going to be the square that he is. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to be yeah. the square that, that you saying that he ain't shit. He ain't a square. I'm going to go do what he don't do. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm gonna go do what he hasn't done. Yeah, and and that, that shit and is. You get caught in that whirlwind, bro, and it was like, and once I got caught in the whirlwind, it was like, it was like, okay, I was. You have that conversation with yourself. You're smart, and I was, you know, I wasn't no dumb young man, and uh. I had a conversation with myself one day after I, after I had got my, like, I think it was, like, what, 14? Probably I got my first gun. Didn't tell nobody. Didn't nobody know. But I had my first gun. And I had that conversation with me. It was like, hey, you got a gun. Like, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? I had that conversation, like, that sit down with me, like, don't do nothing stupid. You know, don't take it to school. You know what I mean? I had this real, real life sit down with myself, like, don't take it to school. You know what I'm saying? You're only going to take it if you go to a fucking house party. You know what I'm saying? Because that's when, you know, shit started to get wild and, you know, shit in the air, gay shit, you know, that bullshit. But I'm like, you're only going to take it to the house party if you feel like you need to. You know what I'm saying? Don't take it to school. You don't need it at school. You can beat up a lot of these niggas at school. So don't take it to school. You know what I'm saying? But I really had that talk with myself, like, like, nigga, I could really hurt somebody. But then I had to, then I had to, then I, you know, I'm going to smoke a blunt. And be like, man, fuck these niggas. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's a dangerous attitude to have at 14. At the house, just chilling a regular day, and I walk up to you, you know, Mark here, Julian, and I I showed y'all my pistol at that time. Y'all be like, this nigga crazy. Like, you That's what I wanted to talk to you about, too. Like, talk about, like, your first time really getting locked up in the process and really actually doing time. Like, what was going through your head at the time, and how did that make you feel? All right. So, the first time I got locked up, 
first time I thought I was going to get locked up. That's the reason why I got kicked out of Jezzer Wins. Uh, we was fucking, uh, we had a fucking rumble with some niggas. And uh, the principal of Jezzer Wins called the police. And the police blocked off 3rd Street and 5th Street, right behind the East Side Pool. They blocked that bitch off. Had us all right there. They didn't take us to jail, but they fucking gave us a ticket to go to court. So we ended up going to court. I ended up fighting a nigga at court. Thought I was going to go to jail. Like, I fought a nigga outside, an enemy nigga. Fought that nigga outside at court. Like, you know what I'm saying? My dad fucking walked outside and caught me in a tussle. Like, I hit, like we, we was locking up, and I hit the nigga. Like, I hit him kind of hard, and the nigga grabbed me. And we was wrestling. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, my dad walked out. He saw us, like, wrestling. He was like, I'm going to push the nigga off me. My pops like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, he really was like, tripping, like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, you up here for a fucking fight, and you out here fighting this shit? So he making a scene about it. So I'm like, we walk back in the courtroom, he making a scene about it. I'm like, yeah, bro, like, calm down. Like, for this fucking police here or some shit. So I thought we were going to jail that day, but I ended up, you know, didn't go to jail. And then um, I got caught at Phoenix at, like, 17. I got caught at Phoenix with some weed. I was selling weed up there. Got caught selling weed. A Mexican, we had gotten two of the Mexicans up there the day before. A Mexican jumped out of his car. He pulled out a gun. Everybody knew who he was, but he put a bandana on his face. He pulled out a gun. He didn't shoot, but he just pulled it out to get everybody off the other Mexican. Then he jumped back in his car. But the next day, they instead of using that wand to search everybody for, like, metal and knives and shit. They were patting everybody down. So I had brought some weed, and I was like, fuck. And I ended up getting caught with it. Shout out to the homegirl that day. I told one of the homegirls, like, hey, hold this for me. She did it, and then she dropped it back. And then we was walking into the school, and the fucking principal turned us both around and walked us back to where we was at. And was like, who's is that? And I looked down at the ground. She dropped one of the bags. She was stuffing in her bra. I don't want to say her name, but 
what are we driving through the neighborhood? And I say, uh, I told, I told the homie like, no, my my sister homegirl live right here. Like this is the house. We are gonna try to run back to this house. So boom, long story short, boom, get out the car, bruh, chase the nigga. Then the, the homie start driving, so they chase the car. I'm hiding on a corner house behind one trash can for like three hours. Almost get away. Uh, my jacket, last cop that was walking by the house, I kind of, I'm moving around it, moving around the trash can so he don't see me. And my jacket, he caught on a rose bush. It makes a little snap noise. He called all the police back, and they start jumping in the yard. And I come out with my hands up, put me on the ground, cuff me up, go in the backyard, find the gun that I had, take me to jail. I'm in jail, take me to the county. I go to the county, I see the judge. And uh, I go to the county, see the judge, my pops bail me out. Then I go back to the county after the Christmas break. I go back to court and I turn myself in. And this is my first time in county jail, LA County. Back in 2006, and I don't know if anybody remembers or if you remember, it was part of the time in 2006 where the county jail was all in the news for all the racial rights and shit that was going on, and it was all in the news. It was crazy, and I was in that. And I ain't going to say, like, my first time in the county, I was scared, but, like, to say I wasn't nervous because, you know, niggas, I was like, I'm in here with, you know what I mean, real... You know what I mean? It's, 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 that, it's that, okay, you hear about L.A. so much and niggas from L.A. and all this and all that, right? And then now I'm in here with, you know what I'm saying? I'm really in here with these L.A. Crips and these L.A. Bloods. And I'm from Lancaster, L.A. County, but I'm from Lancaster. I'm from my little set, and it's like, all right, you know what I mean? Niggas respect it if you bang your shit. And you, you know, you get out with whoever you need to get out with or whatever, niggas gonna respect. So I'm in there, and it's like, you know, I was I was in a cell with uh, three niggas from uh, Harlem Thirds. You know, they 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 like, this is your first time. Well, I'm like, yeah, they like, yeah, I can tell. I'm like, what you mean? They like, you, you know, I'm like, it ain't like you scared or nothing, but it, it, it just, you know, you see it on your face. You don't know what to expect. He's like, just, you know, just, you know, they ran down the program. They're like, man, don't steal nothing. You know what I'm saying? Don't mind your business. You ain't see nothing. If you saw something, they just gave me a whole little jail politics rundown. Mexicans have they shit. Blacks have they shit. Whoop whoop this and whoop whoop that. So they say, okay, I'm like, all right, get the rundown. And then they shoot me to Wayside. And I'm in Wayside programming. And Wayside is, you know, dorm living, not sales. And so we in there programming with the Mexicans. And, and you know, um, the riots crack off. And that was that was a scary thing, like for my first time to have to, you know, fight, you know, racially and you get stabbed and shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, oh shit, it's crack. You know what I mean? I fought, I, I fought, I participated in every, not bragging, but I participated in every racial riot, every, you know, any type of my car that I run with type of activity in jail. I participated full. We go into the hall, we go into the hall. But I participated in everything. You know what I'm saying? They came with the politics and jail. So for my for my first time it's like, okay, we fighting all these masters. And it's like it's crazy because they, they purposely outnumbered them 
more than them than us. They purposely do that. You know, they, the, 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 the COs or the, the guards or whatever you want to call them. They purposely outnumber us. You know what I'm saying? Purposely, they'll put 10 blacks in one dorm and it'll be fucking 40 men. They do it on purpose. You know what I'm saying? They do it on purpose. So mm-hmm. it's like, so it's like, it's 10 on 40. It's like they they hate this black skin, bro. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I know what it is is that we great. That's what it is, is that we come from a long lineage of being great that a lot of races, they knock the noses off of ancient statues and things like that because it's greatness. It ain't like, it it ain't on us. It's in us, and they know it. And that's why back to slavery and all that, they beat it. Right. Out of you, they they do shit in front of you because if you think about it, there was a lot of slaves on one plantation with this little motherfucker telling a six three, telling them LeBron James, telling the motherfucking uh Von Miller, somebody big as shit. Like you go over here, you do this, you do that. It, it was it was because they mentally wanted to fuck with us, and they still do it today. Because I mean, it's it's the greatness in us. And it's like, even with the... I never understood that shit. Because like I said, I'm I'm no fighter. I'm no tough guy. None of that shit. I'm me. And i always been cool with everybody. So every time, like, the race wars kick off in high schools. That's, people that are not from California don't understand. Like, this shit just happens all the time. Every single year. It, it starts from the jails. And then it spill out in the schools and shit like that. Because everybody yep. connected with family and shit. So it's just like... Right. I never understood that. It's like we on the same struggle. I'm like, why the fuck are we fighting each other? Like, for no other than, like, motherfucking uh, Antelope Valley is going to play Lancaster in a homecoming rivalry game. It's like, literally, I don't have no fucking idea why this shit happens. Like, we fight each other every year. And in the jails, they fight each other. And it's like, I mean, it's just a long bunch of hurt and hate and all kind of shit, but for us, like, black people, they really don't like this skin, man. Yeah, we, they really don't. We, 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 we got, we get it the worst, and it's, and it's, it's we get, we, we, we get it the worst. Like I said, like, in there, you know, the police, we, in, 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 the, in the prison system, we against the police, we against everybody. We against the police, we against the Mexicans, and we against the white boys, and I, I know some cool white boys, and I'm messing cool essays, you know what I'm saying? But it's just the politics. It's like we could be cool in the dorm, and then the next day we have a riot, and I might have to knock you the fuck out. Yeah, it's you like you got to choose. Like, it's like it's so fucked up because I used to see. It's not, it's not, it's not even a choice. It's not even a choice because once you once you're dealing with that jail politics shit, there is no choice. It's black. Period. It's like you know what I mean. You Mexican, you white, you cool, you cool. But if these boundaries cross. If this disrespectful line crossed and we got to go there, I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm not going to let you fuck, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to let you and three other essays corner one black if y'all happen to corner him and try to fuck him over. No, I'm coming over the top of your head and I'm and, and it's on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even if we're cool in the dorm. And I've been in that situation where essays are being the dorms with and we good. We laugh, we joke, show pictures, show you my pictures, share stories. And then one day, an idiot might get into it with another idiot of another race. And it's just like, 
It's like we now we had now we had a motherfucking now we fucking having a fucking face off. Like you know what I'm saying? What's gonna happen? And if it happens to go down where one side feels too disrespected and the line is crossed, like can't nothing be done about it. Somebody just took off on either the blacks gonna take off or they gonna take off on us, and then it's just commotion, and then it's like. And then it's just, and then it's just go time, bro. And it, and it's fucking crazy, and it's insane. And them, 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 them moments are not fun. Like you, we, you know, we, we, we jokingly say it's fun, you know, while we're in there. And then like, you know, the police come spray us, and you know, or tear gas us, and we get taken out, and fucking we, you know, we get done coughing and choking our lungs out, and we breathing a little bit. And then we get to talk, you're like, no, fucking him up. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it becomes a fun conversation. But then once you get it, like, once the, the, the aftermath is over with, and, and now you got to deal with the police on their punk shit, because, you know what I mean, after a riot or something, the police want to fucking, the CEOs want to come take all your shit, fuck with your personal shit, not of that shit. That was that problem. You know what I'm saying? So, it, it, and it's always bad for us because, you know, they'll put us back in there with the same motherfuckers that we fight. You know what I'm saying? Put us right back in there. You know what I mean? Like some dogs, niggas. Put us right back in there. It's a set up that yeah, way. Yeah. It's a, it's like division. Bro, it is. It, and it, it is. It's just like for you, too, while you was in there and really like, you know, you say you got in trouble, you got in trouble. But this time, it really stuck. Like, did you have time to reflect and figure out, like, well, what the fuck went wrong in my life that... I ended up here. Did you think about that while you was there? I thought about it, but I know what I was doing. So, because by the time, okay, so 18, I caught that gun case I was talking about. So, 18, I caught the gun case, did six months. I stayed out, I stayed out eight months, caught a dope case. I'm 19 at the time. I know what I'm doing, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was full fledged. It wasn't no. You know what I mean? It wasn't no, it wasn't no, I couldn't cry about it no more. It was, you know what I mean? I made the choice. When I caught my first felony, bro, I was like, I can't get no job, no way. Like, this is the mentality that I'm having. At 18, 19 years old, I can't get no job. I got a felony already. Oh, well, I'm thugging. You know what I'm saying? This is, so if I'm going to be out here thugging, well, I might as well go, I might as well get some money. So I'm selling dope. I'm selling weed. I'm selling sherm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm selling everything. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm doing my thing. And I go to jail eight months later, 2006. I go to jail 2007. Uh, eight months later, for the okay. Then, then I go to the pen for the first time. Now, I've been through the county. You know what I'm saying? I've been through the, you know, I, I didn't have my six months of, you know, straight fight Mexicans and, you know, fighting, fighting niggas too. You know what I'm saying? So the county ain't shit. You know what I mean? I got the attitude. The county ain't nothing. You know what I mean? I get, I get that attitude. I get that, you know, oh, I'm going to go back to the county sweat. I'm going to beat some man. What's that? You know what I mean? I'm young. I'm wild. I'm fresh off the streets. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, you don't give a fuck about no county jail. And then they talk about, well, since you got a prior, you was on probation, this carries that much time, this carries that much time, you're looking at state prison time. And I'm like, okay. Still wasn't scared or, or nervous, but I'm like, damn, think about the pen for the first time. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, damn. So I ended up taking a deal for three and a half, three years and a half. That's 18 months. 
So I ended up taking a deal for three years and a half. And I ended up going to, uh, I ended up going to Corcoran, state prison, first time there. And I got there, and I was on a, I was on a yard with a lot of lights. And they tried to, they were giving me game. A lot of life was giving me game. They was like, look, I've been here 30 years. Been here 25 years. I've been here 32 years. I've been here this long. And then you meet the niggas that just got hella time. It's like, God damn. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, uh, at 19, I'm, you know, I'm listening to them, but at the same time, I'm still like, can't no nigga tell me nothing. But I'm listening to them. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have that attitude of where they ain't no talk to me. Like like a lot of young niggas did, like, to the old niggas, they don't talk to me, nigga. I listen to them. But in my back of my head, I'm still like, nigga, what the fuck I'm going to do when I get out? Like, I ain't got to do shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm listening to y'all, but it's like, same time, like, I'm like, I'm the one that's about to get back out there to the streets. You niggas got life. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, I hear you, big homie, but you the one that's going to be stuck here. I'm the one that got to go back out there and try to figure some shit out. So I get out after a year and a half. I get out when I'm 20. Um, I get out when I'm 20. And then I stayed out nine months. Then second time. Then third time. So that was first, second. Second time. Stayed out nine Boom, I catch the case. That, now, now, the case, I, the case, I catch, I catch with two of my, um, two of my boys. Um, really didn't have nothing to do with the case. But they try to tie me into it, and because of my prison prior and the case before that, it was like, oh, he had to have something to do with it. You know what I'm saying? And that's why they the point. So they brought me in, booked Bullshit, bullshit case. Trying to fucking prove, uh, you know, they ain't have no case. We were sitting there fighting that case for fucking a year and a half. You know what I'm saying? We would go to court and wouldn't even go in a courtroom because they had no fucking evidence. They didn't have shit. They were just trying to fucking wait us out all the way to trial and um, have us take a deal or go to trial and take our chances at trial. So we about to go to trial. I was about to go to trial. My uh, one of my one of my um, co-defendants he didn't want to go to trial. I had another co-defendant looking at the most time if we went to trial and lost. We was trial lost. He was looking at the most time, and they was offering him the highest deal at the time. So I'm telling him, my other co-defendant is telling him, take the deal. I'm telling him, I ain't gonna take it because it was 12 years. I'm telling him like, man, I'm not gonna tell you to take 12 years. You want to go trial? Let's go to trial. Like they don't got shit. That's why we've been sitting here. For a year and a half fighting this shit because they don't got they don't really got shit. They know once they gotta go to trial, they gotta start dropping charges. They gotta start dropping this, dropping that, and they don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I told them I'm not gonna tell you tell you to take 12 years. And then my other co defendant was like, man, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. So he was like, man, if I take this 12, man, y'all niggas better look out for me and all this and all that when, when y'all get out. And I was like, man, if you take it, I'm going to do what I, you know what I mean? I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. Like, you know, you ain't got to worry about shit. Like, you know, I'm going to, whatever I get, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I'm some real nigga shit. 
And um, went up in there. He was like, all right, I'm about to take it. So, boom. She took his 12. My other co, my other co-defendant took seven. I took five. So, bam, I go to the pen for the second time. Um, in the pen for the second time, uh, you know, family matters happened. A couple of my aunts passed while I was in there. You know, my sister's favorite aunt. She's my favorite aunt, too. And then my grandma's sister died while I was in there. And I didn't cry. It was crazy because I didn't cry. I didn't cry until, like, maybe a year later when I was out. I didn't cry. But I didn't know how to feel about them dying. I was like, them, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're my favorite aunt. Like, I was like, damn. And I'm in jail while it happened, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, I, I, I really was kind of numb to it. And then I got out. Um, I was working with my pops, you know, under the table work. Working with him. And, you know, I filled out a couple applications for Walmart, a couple other places, you know, that, you know, your parole give you, you know, places where they fucking, uh, they hire fellas and shit. You know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do my due diligence to, to, to really, really go hard at it. You know, I filled out a few, said I did, you know, didn't work, didn't get called for no interviews, you know, made up the story like I'm trying, I'm trying, but then I, I you know, I got that, uh, the, the first art attitude to have for a lot of niggas is that fucking attitude. And I got out this time in 2012, I was like 24. So I did like three years. And uh, I got that attitude like, fuck, you know what I mean? I was, I was doing work with my pops, but that shit, he wasn't paying me shit. You know what I'm saying? It was like, he was getting over. You know what I mean? And so I was like, you know what, fuck it. And uh, I went and got on the counter, you know what I'm saying, and flipped that little 200. You know what I'm saying? I was buying weed and they're all flipping weed and shit. And then I, I signed up for ABC, got the financial aid, bought some more drugs. And, and I, I really got I really got it to selling, like, the Palmdale and Lancaster, the niggas that know, you know what I'm saying, between 2012 and 2014. I was I was in the street hustling for real. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't out there. It wasn't about no gang banging no more. It wasn't about nothing. It was nothing, nothing but a dollar. You know what I'm saying? And um, I really got out there, and I was really, you know, I was just, you know, I was low-key with it, but I was out there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Niggas from Palmdale, Lancaster, News was getting their shit from me. Like, you know what I'm saying? All day, my phone wouldn't stop ringing. I was out there. Um... And then I had a good, I had a, I had a run. I had my little two-year run. You know what I'm saying? I had my little two-year run. And then, boom, uh, one night, my ex, well, this nigga called me. He, I was in Lancaster, and this nigga called me from Palmdale. And he wanted some, um, he wanted some, he wanted some shit. And uh, at first, I wasn't going to go because me and my ex, at the time, me and my ex, we had something planned the next day. And uh, I wasn't going to go. I, I, I didn't answer the call. I didn't answer the phone when he first called me. I wasn't going to go. And I should have just left it at that. But he called me again. And when he called me again, I answered the phone. When, he, when I answered the phone, my ex walks in the door. When she walks in the door, my first line said, if you go, take her car. She had a, a, little, uh, she had a little regular uh, Toyota. 
a little regular Toyota, a little low-key, little female car, right? I had a 745 BMW. No rims on it, but that motherfucker just looked clean. You know what I'm saying? And uh, my first mom was like, if you go, because as soon as I answered the phone, it was crazy. Because as soon as I answered the phone, she walked in the house, and my first mom was like, I'm looking at her as she walked in. If you go, take her car. I go against everything that my first mom told me and take my car, get pulled the fuck over. They found some dope in my car. Take me to jail. I bail out the next morning. Go to a court date. They talk some nonsense. They rebook me. I bail out again. Go to another court date. Get the deal that I want. Get the deal that I want. And then they gave me a month to turn myself in. So I had an apartment and shit in Palmdale. And I moved all my shit out and all that shit. And uh, I turned myself in a month later. Uh, now I'm going to the pen again for a third time. This is my third time going to the pen. Fourth time in jail total. And uh, I'm sitting in, and they, they got a, they got a, they got a party. When you go to the pen, it's called reception. It's not, it's not the main line. It's just where you go. And you sit there for a couple months before you go to the prison that you're going to go do your time at. And so this time I'm in reception and I'm just thinking, okay, I'm going to knock this little, you know, I took another three years with that. I'm going to knock this little 18 months out. It ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? Work out, read. You know what I'm saying? It ain't nothing. Still not having no plan of what the fuck I'm going to do when I get out. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? I left, I left on a good note with my plug. I'm like, fuck it, I can go back and, you know, get back in the game, thinking I can get back in the game and shit. By this time, I'm like 27, 26, 27. So I'm just, you know, I'm, my mind ain't my mind ain't changed. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like in that cell, that frame of mind of like, nigga, I'm finna go out there and get it. When I get out of here, I, oh, they sit me down for 18 months. That ain't shit. I get back, I get out and get right back to it. And uh, sitting in a cell one day. And I get a letter from my pops, and I'm reading the letter, and I can see where he's going with the letter, like, he's talking crazy, and I'm like, man, who the fuck is he about to tell me died? And he told me my granny died. Mm-hmm. Give you a little, little, give you a little rundown of that. In 2006, when I called my first case, I went to see my granny for that Christmas. Right before I had to turn myself in. I didn't see her again because of all the in and out, in and out, in and out. I didn't see her again until 2013. And I was on parole, probation, and go right back, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't see her again until 2013 on my birthday. I surprised her on my birthday. She was in her bed asleep. I got her, uh, I got a, I got a greyhound out there. My mama picked me up from the Greyhound station late at night, and I went in the house, and she was sleeping in the bed. This is my first time seeing her in seven years, nigga. And um, I wake her up, and when she wake up, she just, the, the, the look on her face was like, oh, my God, my grandson's here, my favorite grandson. So she jumped up, I hugged her to death, you know what I'm saying, and let her go to sleep, and then went in the front room with my mama, you know, I broke down crying because I ain't seen her in so long and shit. And, you know what I'm saying? I was, you know, emotional about it. 
And then I came back on Thanksgiving of 2013. Saw her again. Then I kissed my case in 2014. And I'm talking to her on the phone, and I lied to her because I didn't want to tell her. I didn't want to tell her I was going back to jail. You know what I'm saying? So I lied to her and told her I was going to go look at uh, go look at places in Atlanta. I was about to move to Atlanta. You know what I mean? I'm just going to go down there and check it out. So I didn't want to lie to her until I was going to jail again. You know what I'm saying? So I get the letter from my pop, and he tells me she died. I'm like, what? I couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, you know, your mom and grandma, if you're close to them, you know, those are two ladies that you want to live with. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, nah, y'all can't, y'all can't die. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, no. Like, y'all can't die. Like, y'all supposed to live forever. So, when I read the letter, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, I'm just, you know what I mean? My celly like, man, who wrote you? I'm like, my pop. And then I just start, like, my celly in the cell and all that. Then I'm in reception. My celly in the cell and all that. I'm I, in front of another grown man, nigga. I just start crying, nigga. And he was like, man, what are you? I was crying. I was like, what's up, bro? Oh, my God. My granny gone, nigga. He was like, what? And like, what? And like, God damn, bro. And bro, I, I sat in that cell. And I cried all night. The next day, cried. The next day after that, I was just quiet. I didn't talk to my celly. The nigga, my nigga from, uh, I got a nigga, my boy from Hoover. He was in the cell next door. Um, I told him like the, the next day when I got, when, when, you know, the next day, like, my granny had died, so he wasn't really talking to the vet too much. He was just letting, you know, letting, it, you know, letting me calm down and shit. So the next, like, the third day, I was just quiet. I didn't talk. I walked to my cell door. Walked, I, you know, I looked at the fucking out the cell window, watched the TV in, that's in the day room for my cell, and just, you know, just, just in my head, like, damn, my granny gone. Like, I just seen this lady. Like, you know what I mean? And then I was just like, I was just like, you know what? Right then and there, bro, I was just like, I can't come back, bro. Like, that's where I made up my mind. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do it. But, bro, I ain't coming back to jail to get a letter that something happened to Benet. Something happened to my mom. Something happened to my daddy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not coming back to jail for another letter like that, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? When... When family needs to be with family in those time crises, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be in jail for the next one. So, it clicked right there. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. I don't know how I was going to do But I made a decision, right? All that negative thinking of getting out, getting back in the game, fucking with these niggas over here, getting money, all that went out the window, bro, when I got that letter. Yeah, Cause it's a lot, of, it's a lot of hurt, bro. Not to cut you off, it's just like your whole family go to prison with you. I think that's what like people everybody. don't understand. Like everybody mentality is like, how do I feel? I'm about to get engaged, or I'm about to have like a big success with a podcast or something. And Jonathan, my brother, and I'm like so excited, but he's up behind walls. He's with, with people that. You know, and people like he's with other animals. He, to me, I like to think of it. He's a, behind walls with a lot of hurt people, 
a lot of these dudes, exactly. I'm pretty sure you heard many horror stories of childhoods of people that are growing up fucked up. So I don't look at them as like animals. Like I look at them as like people that was lost, man. They they tried to make their way through life with the cards they was dealt. And they just like, yo, like it's fucked up. Like some of them are definitely worse than others. The child molesters, serial killers, shit like that. Yeah, some, yeah. some shit well, is just well, just well, different. Well, but the hurt yeah, is well, the for same. The most part, you, yeah, the hurt is the same, and you run into a lot of like I run into I run into a lot of Buster niggas in there and all that. But you run into a lot of solid motherfuckers that have been down 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years, and you sit down and you talk to them. And I swear, you be, some of the niggas you would talk to them like, I can't believe you did that that long ago. And they'll tell you, I can't believe I did either. You know what I'm saying? Some of these dudes, like you said, just it just it's just misguided. There's nobody there to wasn't nobody there to snatch their ass up in a positive way. None of that. It was just the street. You know what I'm saying? And then you know to get back onto what I was saying, it was that it was that right there that when I got that letter, I cried my eyes out. You know what I'm saying? I didn't cry like that for my angel. You know, like my grand, my grandma's sister and my mama's sister. And they were my, they were my, them some of my favorite ladies too. I didn't cry like that for them. I didn't cry, I didn't cry about them for about a year later when I got out. And it, and then I kind of like, damn, I can't go to Arizona and see my angel. And I sat there and thought about it and I was just like, damn. Damn, and then one day I broke down. I, I gave it up for them. You know what I'm saying? But my grandma was immediate, like, immediately, nigga, like, after I read them words, nigga, broke the fuck down, nigga, it was over. So I cried it out, cried it out, cried it out. And, uh, I did my little, I did my little bit, I did my little bit, every time, you know, I did it cool, you know what I'm saying, I didn't, I didn't run around with it, you know, going crazy like a lot of niggas do when they lose somebody that close to them, you know, just being there on the I don't give a fuck attitude, you know what I'm saying? And start tripping, stabbing shit. Like, I didn't get on that shit because I wanted to come home. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to come home. And, and you know, you, you get tested. You know what I mean? Your, your patients get tested. You know, dealing with a, a whole bunch of different personalities and shit. You know what I'm saying? So my patients got tested, but I passed every test that came my way dealing with young niggas and they first time in the pen. This is my third time in the pen. So you got a little 19-year-old me coming in there. Now I'm talking to him. Like, I'm his big homie. You know what I'm saying? Like, the roles have reversed. I'm older now. I'm 27, 28 in the pen. And here comes this 18-year-old. Wild as shit. And I got to be the one to, hey, no, hey, calm that down, bro. Like, this how you do. This how you move through here. So you don't, you know, run to no, this how you, this how you move through here. This how you get up out of here smoothly. You know what I'm saying? Without your head cracked or with a knife in your back. Like, this how you do so I'm giving them the game. Some of them are listening. Some of them had to get their fucking head fucked. You know, some niggas learned the hard way. And some of them listen. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna better got the head fucked by me. But just in, you know, just being young, wild, and running around in the prison, these young niggas think they can't nobody do nothing. They think they got the most hands. They think niggas is in here, you know, they, they, all y'all niggas old and turned down. It ain't even like that we're old and turned down or older and turned down. It's just we know 
what's going to happen. And we don't think that your young ass, your young ass doesn't fully understand what the fuck can happen if you continue to be on this weird ass, you know what I mean? So we try to give the young niggas all the game, um, all the game, you know what I mean? The niggas that, that got a break, try to get these young niggas coming up in there at 18, 19, 14. That's wild. Calm down, my nigga. Like, you ain't got to do all that. Calm down, bro. Like, I ain't trying to be your daddy and shit, but nigga, calm down. Let me show you how it go. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like you, who, who do you think, like, what do you think would have helped you from going down that path? Like, you said you was that dude in somebody's ear and stuff like that. What do you think would have helped you not go down that path? Or what do you think caused you to go down that path to, I don't give a fuck, and I'll just keep going back to jail? And, like, what do you think could have well, helped you and shit? What, what could have helped me? I don't know, because at that time... I just feel like now I think I had like I think I think everything like everything happens for a reason. Everything is, you know, a divine purpose, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I had to go through those things to get to wherever the fuck I'm supposed to be on this good track that I'm going, wherever this shit is gonna take me now, I had to go through that shit, bro. Like I don't think there was anything that because, like I said, I could I I always run it back to when I was a kid saying that I needed the guidance and needed the, you know, the father figure, right? But once I got of age, once I got 18, 19, 20 years old, bro, I knew what the fuck I was doing. There's no more excuse. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't give a fuck. I was just on that fucking shit. I'm stuck. Like, you know, I'm grown. Can't nobody tell me what to do no more. I've been to jail. It ain't that bad. You fight. You, you know what I'm saying? It's just a, it's a vicious cycle that I started to fall in, and then the death started happening to my to my loved ones. You know what I'm saying? And then this last death did it for me, bro. Like that did it for me, bro. I I couldn't. I I got that letter, and then I just got to thinking. Like I can't imagine. If I get a letter talking about my mama is in a hospital, sick, and I'm sitting in somebody's penitentiary, bro, can't go see her, nothing. You know what I'm saying? So that's what did it for me. Everybody, I don't think nobody at, at 20, when I was 20, 21, 23, 24, I don't think nobody could have sat down and be like, look, because it wasn't like, it wasn't even like my first time in the pen when I was 19. I wasn't wild. Like, I was one of them young niggas in the pen where they was like, the old niggas would be like, how old are you? And they'd be like, I'd be like, 19. They'd be like, you don't act 19. Like, you don't act like you're 19 because most 19-year-olds coming up in that motherfucker are wild. I was a 19-year-old that was, you know, I had my, I, I, I joke and clown a little bit, but I was observant, I worked out, and I ran. And I would watch sports. Bro, I didn't really get into too much shit. I was watching, this is, you know what I mean, my first time in the pit, I'm observing to everything. I'm watching how this shit go. Because I know once I hit the street, say I'm back in the street, I might come back. So if I come back, nigga, I need to know how this structure and how this shit go. You know what I'm saying? I was kind of setting myself up for failure. Unconsciously. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, 
I don't think nobody, no lifer, no nobody, you know, even though they all told me, I, I have good relationships with a lot of lifers. And they used to pull me like, bro, I like you. They used to tell me like, bro, you smart. Like, you smart. You ain't dumb. Like, you ain't just no wild young men out here. Like, you ain't dumb. You know, you got to get out there and figure it out. And I used to tell them like, yeah, I know, I know. But I also had that, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. And I never came up with a plan. I never really sat down and gave it a lot of thought until my granny died. So I just feel like couldn't no life there. Wasn't nothing nigga with 50 years, 100 years, or a nigga with a life sentence could tell me. I just feel like now I had to go through those. I had to walk those yards, bro. I had to read that letter that my granny was gone from forever from me. I had that. That had to hit. That had to happen for me. Because I don't think nobody, nothing else could do it. Like, like really, my mentality was like, you know what I mean? And when I was, you know, on, before I called the last case, when I was, you know, getting my money in the street, I really touched a little, a nice little piece of money. Hustling and Justin Lane got some problems there. You know what I'm saying? Just, I, you know what I mean? I had a nice apartment. I had a cool little apartment. Had a fucking quarry. And I had a fucking stash that was like, I would go, nigga, I would fucking go to my staff, bro, and in my apartment late night and, and just count the money I had stashed away, like all profit money, like my shoebox money, bro. And I would count that shit like three times, like, bro, I really hustled all this money here. Just sitting out here, you know what I mean? So my motherfucking, my thought process wasn't to do nothing better, bro. I really just, nigga, this is going to be me. I'm going to be a black ass nigga that sells drugs. You know, the pictures like, you know, he's fly, he got nice, you know what I mean? I was, I was setting myself up like, that's going to be me, bro. And so I just feel like, because it wasn't nothing nobody could say. I was all grown. You know what I'm saying? It was, it, 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 life, you know what I mean? Experience is the best teacher. You know what I mean? And life can teach you shit. So I just didn't think nobody at that point in time, touching that little bit of money and, and going through what I was going through, doing what I was doing, I don't think there was no man on this earth that could have came at, at that point in my that point in my life to tell me anything about getting straight. I something drastic had to happen. And boom, it did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some shit, some shit happened while I was in the game. You know what I mean? Some you know, regular street shit. My motherfucking house got broke into. You know what I mean? They they you know took a little bullshit, you know, found a little bullshit weed that I had in there. You know what I'm saying? Like little street shit happened. happened. But what ultimately changed my perception of living, and I can say, nigga, you have to do better, bro, or you're going to be getting them phone calls of this person, you know, you, this, you're in jail again, and she's dead. She's sick. Yo, or I'm dead myself. You see what I'm saying? Or I'm dead myself from somebody being jealous, somebody fucking, you know what I mean? Being, you know, me envious, one of my homies fucking knocked me down. You know what I mean? Because that's how this shit go. That's how this shit go. You get money in the street, you're around niggas that ain't doing as good as you, and you're jealous, and you don't, you, you know what I mean? You're outshining them. You ain't trying to outshine them, but you outshining them just because you got that hustle and you, you, get, you get into it. You you disciplined and you get into it, and you tell your friends. Niggas don't got that same hustle. Niggas don't, I don't give a fuck how much you try to be, oh, nigga, do it this way, do it that way. A nigga gonna do it his own way, and if it fails, he gonna start hating on you. And he gonna start hating you because you still up. 
The street, streets is a dirty game, man. It just seems like the streets is, a dirty the streets is a, and that's what these young dudes like really need to understand. Like it's a dirty, and then when you get in that system, like you was, it's like you know I ain't getting no fucking job. Y'all telling me to get a job and do this. I'm used to getting some decent money. How the fuck I'm gonna go from that to that? And you know they ain't gonna want to hire me. Motherfuckers gonna be talking to me crazy. They gonna be doing all kind of dumb crazy. shit. You know, and y'all know I can't do shit. So you kind of, you get trapped. That justice system is bullshit. It ain't no fucking justice system. It's, nobody's rehabilitated. It took for you to go so many times for somebody to die. It ain't nothing they fucking did in there that made you like, hmm, maybe I should change my life. They ain't do a goddamn thing. They want you to come back. They want you to be on probation. Don't have no money to pay for when you come to probation and parole. So you got to find the money so you do what you know and shit like that. So it's just really a fucking dirty nothing, game. It ain't nothing but a rat wheel, bro. It's nothing but a rat wheel. It's nothing but a cycle, bro. And it's set up like that. And and it's, it's, but it, 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 it's a cold setup. In the but 13th Amendment, I, it's fucking crazy because it's basically saying you can be a slave again if you go to jail. Like, that's what the 13th right? Amendment is set up for. Everybody watch the 13th on Netflix. Because it's like, bro, y'all need to learn. Like, for these young dudes, it's like, once you get caught up, it's like you kind of stuck for some of them until you find another way. So, for you, for a young dude that's about to possibly catch his first case, but say he get a break and he get probation or something like that, what do you say to the young dudes when they thinking they really want to get into some shit and start this life of crime? What do you tell them the dangers what is the warning you want to tell them? I would tell them. This is what I'm going to tell them. Nigga, don't. Uh, straight up. Like, it's too. It's like, bro, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much illegal money out here, bro. Okay, say you don't want to work a McDonald's job. You don't. Okay, go to school for a trade. Get a trade so you're making a decent amount of money an hour. You know what I'm saying? Go get a trade. There's nothing wrong. I would tell a young nigga right now, there is nothing wrong with you being smart. Because a lot of niggas be got this, oh, I'm, I'm retarded. You know, they take that phrase and really apply it to their life. Well, you know I'm retarded. You know I'm dumb. Saying it in a, in a way that they think is fly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know I'm, you know, I'm dumb. You know I ain't got no friends. You know what I mean? But there ain't nothing wrong with your ass being smart. There's nothing wrong with your ass going to get a motherfucking trade and changing your motherfucking life and changing your motherfucking circumstances. Ain't nothing wrong with that shit. You niggas want to be in the street. All these niggas, all these young niggas telling they can't go through, they can't go through two, two, they can't go through a month in jail. You know what I'm saying? Too worried about who your bitch fucking and who, who all that. You know what I'm saying? Too worried about all the stupid shit. These niggas can't go do. These niggas can't go do thirty days. You know what I'm saying? These niggas, let alone you do some crazy robbery type shit. Now you're looking at twenty years. These niggas gonna tell. So, for a young nigga, all I would say is go get. If you don't want to go sit up in a school, trying to get a degree, you know what I mean, and some other shit, sitting in the school for four years, go get you a fucking trade. Go get you a plumbing. Go get you fucking air conditioning and HVAC, nigga. You're looking to truck driving, which I'm in right now. That shit took five fucking weeks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
any type of trade, nigga, like, you know what I'm saying? If you got, you know, just something that'll get you, get you paid some cool money to where it's like you're not struggling because I know what it's like to get out and have that $10 an hour job, bro, and be struggling, bro. That shit was like my trans, my, my transition from my granny dying, me walking off my last bed, getting out, and really motherfucking trying these bullshit jobs, bro. I had bullshit job after bullshit job after bullshit job after bullshit job after bullshit job, bro, before I got to this truck shit. Bullshit job at the, and bro, and like I said on that status on Facebook, when I moved to Vegas, bro, and got even more bullshit, more bullshit jobs because the pay, the minimum wage is so much lower. Um, bro, like, I jumped back in the street. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I really, like, I, like, I had no, I, I felt like I had no other option, bro. So, I have one of my boys I was in the pen with. You know, he blessed me. I, I went to California, and he blessed me with both. Here, shoot this back when you get this back. Drove that shit back to Vegas. Hit my other boy in Vegas. I was fucking with a little something. Hit him up. He blessed me with a little something. So I'm, I'm uh, and, and I start busting a few, you know, clientele. And what was crazy was, like, I didn't want to go to no Vegas jail, bro. So I was like, I'm not about to get knee deep in this shit. I'm going to just find who I can find and sell it to who I can sell it to and, you know, maneuver from that. Wasn't trying to be knee deep in the game again, right? And I bullshit you now, bro, for like two weeks straight, I didn't get a call from nobody wanting anything. Like in Lancaster and Palmdale, that never happened. Never. That was, that was a sign. That was a sign, definitely. Right, bro. For two weeks straight, bro, I didn't get a call from nobody saying they wanted to get high. I said, what the fuck is this? I'm like, what the fuck, nigga? I'm like, this can't be, this is bullshit. Like, what the fuck going on? I thought this Vegas party city and shit. But I got to talking to a few people that I know that do their thing. And it was like, nah, like, you got to, like, get out there. Like, well, this is Vegas, so you got to, like, you know, go out to the casinos and get, get your face. I'm like, I ain't with that. That ain't part of the that ain't part of the hustling. I'm with. I'm not with being all on camera in a casino. You know, my clientele because my clientele worked there, and you know, you 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 meet people that's gambling and shit. You don't know who the motherfuckers is. I'm not. I'm not doing none of that. So I think that that, that was my time, bro. To leave it alone, nigga. Just go through what you gonna go through. But by this time, though. I knew I wanted to get the truck driver, but I didn't have the money to pay for it. And I was just trying to find avenues of getting financial aid for the truck driver. And it took me about six months until I found that avenue that paid for everything, and I had to pay a dime back. So, but I took that as my time, bro. Like, stop before you, you know, you're not. Because these niggas, niggas in Vegas are low, low key bums. Like, them niggas will kill you over it. Them niggas will rob you for an eight ball of coke. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm fucking, I'm fucking $100 worth of cocaine, them niggas will rob you for it. Like, they won't even pay you. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they bombed out there. So it's like, I don't want to get me deep in it where I'm all in these Vegas hoods and shit. You know what I'm saying? And 
dealing with these bullshit Vegas niggas and all that shit. So I was just like, you know what? I just let it go. Uh, when I made that decision of letting it go, a few people called me. A few people called me, and I just dumped everything. Like, here, you want this? I got this for this month. I got this much of this for this month. And I just let it go. And I started working again. And then I finally landed a full-time gig, um, put pool tables together. Your boy know how to build a pool table. <laughs> nice. So I was building... So I, um, I, I found a cool little job with these... What, these, what, these uh, they, I'm totally grateful for them. You know, they white people, and, you know, real cool, real cool people. And I, I learned... I learned I, I learned to fucking how to pool, build pool tables, bro. And I, was, I did that for about... I did that about for, for... I did that about eight months. You know what I'm saying? Um... In between time, in between that time, I got a car repossessed, you know what I'm saying? So I was taking a bus to work, you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I mean? And I was working another job on top of the pool table job just so I could get money for a whip, you know what I'm saying? Just to, you know, just, to, you know what I mean? I'm going through life struggles. Like I was telling you on that post, bro. I'm going through struggles. Life will humble you, bro. Like, life will humble you. Like, I've been to the low to low being in jail. You know what I'm saying? And then I got to that lowest point of being free where you just don't got shit. You know what I'm saying? But I was determined, bro, to, I, I was determined to, I didn't give up, bro. I was determined to have best. And then everything started coming together when you you just keep going. When you just keep going, when you when you knock on the door, it's locked, and you, you trying to shake the lock, jiggle the lock, man, you go to that next door. You knock on that door, it's locked. All right, you, you trying to you go to the next door. You knock on that door, you open it, but something's on the other side, and you can't open it all the way. Okay, and it, it just it's stuck right there. All right, you go to the next door. You know what I'm saying? And nigga, that's what I was doing, bro. And I I was humble, bro. I didn't fucking, bro. I didn't buy. I couldn't even buy me a fresh pair of shoes for like almost a year, nigga. Yeah, you feel me? That's like, a real I was struggle. Just, like I was grinded, bro. I was just like, fuck everything, bro. I need to get myself out of this situation. And then it presented itself when I got all these other little situations. I got, I had to get a, a Nevada ID for my truck driving school and all these other little situations happened. And then I got a car and I finally got a car and then I could make it to my truck driving school right after work. You feel what I'm saying? Right after my pool table job, I could go right through my truck driving school. Boom. Bro, I finished that shit in five weeks, bro, and I ain't look back. And that's that's good, cause even with your record and everything, they let you work, and they know, and you can get back on your feet. That, and, right. So, with a motherfucker with a record, and I and I I, I tell all my all my niggas get off the pen, bro. Like they not like as long as you ain't no rapist and like no fucking real life murderer or nothing. Bro, you could get a job in trucking somewhere. A million trucking companies, they don't give two fucks, bro. Like, a lot of companies, like the big companies, big companies that you see on the road, they care. They might have to make you wait seven years, make sure your, your, last, your last felony was seven years old or something like that. They might care. But for the most part, no. I was in trucking school, and one of my driving instructors, he told me we was doing we was doing night driving. We drove past his company, and he was like, 
because it was another dude that just got off the pen in Vegas, and he was in my uh, my little training class. And we was driving past this truck company, and the, the driver instructor was like, you guys have been to the pen? He's like, you go right here to this truck company right here? They'll hire you fresh out of school, felonies and all of that. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's... So I, wrote down, I, wrote, I wrote down the name, okay? I got out of truck of school. Went to do my little physical. I called him. He was like, uh, you an ex-felon or no? That was the first question he asked. He's like, you an ex-felon or no? I'm like, yeah, I am. He was like, all right, come in tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Dude's name is Mo. And his wife's Kathy. Shout out. Forever grateful. I go, uh, I go into this the next morning. We have a sit down. He asked me what I went to jail for. And I told him, you know, straight up. You know what I mean? That's another thing with these employers. Don't lie about, you know what I mean? If it's a job that you really want, don't lie about it most of the time. A lot of people are going to jail nowadays, so they, they know that even they got family members in jail. So it's more of a sympathetic thing. Just don't lie about it. So, anyway, um, I'm telling, I, I give him a rundown, and he was just like, he, you know, they was like real, they, uh, I think they were Mormon or Christian, you know, so they was real like, you know, just real cool about it. And he was like, he was like, well, this is going to be your new start. We'll, we'll whoop this and this and that. And it wasn't the greatest pet. I ain't going to lie. You know, when you get into this truck and shit, when you first start, it wasn't the greatest. But, nigga, I, was, I get paid every week, and it was, it was cool. I'm like, cool, because I know as I get more experience in the truck game, I'm going to get paid more. And I get paid pretty decent now, like, you know, for, for my second company. This is the second company I'm with. Um, I get paid pretty decent, nigga. And it's, it's just, it's, bro, I'm not looking back, bro. I'm not ever going back to no nonsense and none of that bullshit, bro. Like, I found a lane where what, what works for me, and I try, to, I try to tell any nigga that's coming out of the pen, bro, they fucking with us. They fucking with us. Like, you know what I'm saying? They fucking with us. Like, they not tripping. Long as, you know what I mean? Like, like I said, as long as you ain't no rapist, child molester, serial murderer, shit like that, they fucking with us. They getting niggas out here to drive. They, they, need, they, just, they need drivers. Like, every year they're short, like, around the country, they're short, like, 300,000 drivers. And that's good, man. That's important, man, uh, to know because it's like, that's a way. That's a lane. That's even for somebody who hate working for even, it. Even, even for nobody that ain't got no felonies and just don't know what the fuck they want to do. Bro, nigga, this is this is the truth. Like, I'm telling you, 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 you can save money. If you don't want to do trucking forever, this could be a lane that that could start your business that you want to start. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, this could easily, it's this good. Could easily if, you, if you put all your money to the side, you, get, you start getting paid, and then you start getting paid more, and then you keep getting paid more. But if you save your money, because a motherfucker, I ain't going to lie, motherfuckers will see they check. You see this $1,800 check you get in one week, and then you get paid again next week. You get paid every week. So if you got eighteen hundred one week and you got you you know you got like sixteen hundred coming one week, don't blow your money. You know what I mean? Niggas will get a job like this and blow all their motherfucking money. You know what I'm saying? So this will be a, this even if you don't want to do this forever. If you don't want to be a truck driver forever, which I don't plan to be a truck driver forever, but I guarantee this is gonna jumpstart the shit that I want to do. 
That's what I'm going to use this shit at. This shit going to jumpstart the shit that I want to do. And this could be the business. You could, you could easily save up 70,000, 80 bands in two years. Easy. Yeah. Started from, you know, the starting pay of truck driving to your second, going into your third year. If you put all of your money up, don't come home spending it crazy, buying new clothes, buying new cars, you know, just doing stupid shit, going here, just blowing bands. If you put your money up, you can easily have 70 to 80, 80 racks going into your third year of trucking. Going into your third year of trucking, you can have like 70 to, to like at least, yeah, like, because like it just depends on the pay scale because they're starting to pay more coming out of school too. So it just depends if you get that right company and they paying decent and shit like that. Nigga, you can have, you can have at least motherfucking by the end of your second year, bro, you can have at least 60 bands in your bank account, your money. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's a big deal, and that's what people need to know. I want to, like, just go into my last question for you. And, um, you know, it just seemed like you, you never was really a bad kid. It was just, like, misguided energy, you know. And then what you went right. one way, you a type of person, when you got your mindset... You just stuck on that. You know, no matter if it's good or bad. But one thing that I keep hearing throughout this whole thing is, like, we need to have more black men involved with black youth and talk to them and be in their life, whether you're their father or not. But one thing is the strongest thing is always, and the most forgotten thing is the black woman. It seemed like the women in your life have always lifted you up and been there for you and try to help you, like, I just want you to talk briefly about, you know, some of the women in your life that you just really appreciate and want to thank right now. Like, just thank them. Let them give them their flowers right now and thank them for what they mean to you yeah. in your life. Yeah. I want to, first and foremost, give, my, give, give thanks to my grandma. Always been, even, even through my jail shit, bro, she never looked down on me. She never was like, oh, you're a fuck up. She never, nothing. It was always love. It was always, that's my baby. That's my grandson. It broke her heart every time I went in. But it was always that, that's, you know what I mean? My grandson can't do no wrong. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't give a fuck what he did or what he's in there for. That's still my baby. So, you know, Tim, out to my to my G-Miles recipe, first and foremost. Uh, the next one comes, you know, my mom, even though I broke her heart every time going to jail and, and running the streets at a young age and giving her all the gray hairs that she got, most of or whatever, but uh, she's always been down, bro. She's always been solid. She ain't never switched on me. Like, you know what I mean? She's never... You know, she's never she's never switched up on me. She's always been right there with anything that she could possibly do for me. My mom was right there every step of the way. I can't say nothing ever bad about my mom, even though I've disappointed her on numerous occasions. I can't never. She's strong as shit. She's smart as fuck. And that's my rock. And, you know what I'm saying, that's my lady forever. You know what I mean? So mom would be second. Second is Benay, uh, my sister. You know what I mean? Uh, she's strong as hell, too. 
she's had her, you know, her 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 issues that I won't speak on, you know, because they're personal for her. But uh, that that girl is is blossomed into, you know, and she still has a ways to go. But she's blossomed into a, 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 a beautiful woman. She's strong as shit. You know what I mean? I kind of, I kind of, uh, I don't want to say take credit for that, but I did, you know, mold her in a way when we was young to not be, you know, weak-minded. You know what I'm saying? She saw all my thugging, a lot of my thugging and running around and ripping and running, and she saw that shit. She never got involved. I, I kept her away from it. I kept her away from niggas that were like me. You know what I'm saying? So she dealt with squared niggas most of the time. But that strong, that will that she has, that that, that strong bone, I don't know what to call it, like that she has, I kind of instilled that in her, and she still has it to this day. It may be a little even stronger from what she's had to go through from seeing me go in and out, you know what I mean, from deaths in the family, you know what I'm saying? She's, you know, that that, that girl right there is, is, she the truth, you know what I mean? She the truth. She 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 she's something special, and her 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 life is gonna blossom. Her life is gonna blossom. You know what I'm saying? And um, my Amy's, my Amy, my Amy, um, my my Aunt Beverly, my Aunt Gertie, um, then my some of my favorite ladies. You know what I'm saying? My my Amy. My um, my aunt Beverly, she's she that was like a best friend, you know what I'm saying? She was one of them best friends, like you know, you can tell her anything, she ain't gonna tell your secrets, you know what I'm saying? That's my she was my rider, like if I need a ride, like she was one of them aunts that was just like she'll tell you some real shit, like you know what I mean? And I and I, I and I got that from her at a young age of being real, like you know what I mean? Don't fake the funk, don't you know what I'm saying? Don't be that ain't what you want to do, don't do. Don't let force nobody to make you do anything you don't want to do. Like, she instilled a lot of solid traits in me from a young age. Um, my Aunt Gertie, you know what I mean? She was, you know, just old and sweet, you know what I'm saying? I, I'll never forget her. And then my big cousin, Jackie, rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? Um, she's just always been the good fun cousin and... You know what I mean? I feel like I got aside from her, you know what I mean? And growing up, you know, watching her, you know what I mean, as a kid and her being funny and her liking to smile and, you know what I mean, just the, the bubbly side of her, I think I picked up along the way a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? People used to, a lot of people used to be like, oh, John said I used to be scared of you and all that, you know, but, but everybody got to know me. It's like, Whenever you bring it, when anybody can bring my name up, everybody that knows me, everybody always says, if, they, if, they, if everybody fucks with me, everybody that fucks with me, I ain't going to say that because a lot of motherfuckers that don't like me, you know, for whatever reason. But for the most part, when everybody brings me up, everybody, oh, that's my nigga. Oh, hey, hey, that's, nigga, that's the homie. You know what I mean? Even though I have, they have that rough exterior. You know what I'm saying? Even though I have, they have that rough exterior that everybody remembers as, that nigga used to be wilding the fuck out. Like, you know what I'm saying? That nigga crazy. But then, as, like, somebody that really know me would be like, that nigga cool as fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 
You know what I mean? I feel like my cousin Jackie can feel that, you know, that side that everybody got to know a little bit. Like, like oh, that nigga cool as a motherfucker. He cool as fuck with me. I don't know about you, but that, that nigga cool as fuck with me. Like, you know what I mean? You can have that conversation with people, with certain people, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that nigga tripping. And another motherfucker be like, man, that nigga cool as fuck with me. I don't know what he got wrong with you, but that nigga straight with me. You know what I mean? So I feel like my cousin Jackie, she gave me that, like, that personality to be cool when I need to be cool. You know what I'm saying? That that hard exterior, I developed that from, you know, just being out there and having to, you know, be like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Just to be. And then when you put yourself in that environment uh, where you just got to be like that, you just develop that. But once you chill back those layers a little bit, you feel a little hint of personality and you're like, oh, this motherfucker's cool as shit. So I feel like my cousin Jackie is, she, her spirit is the one that, you know, gave me a little bit of that. You know what I mean? As far as the women, you know, those are my women right there. Those, those, uh, those six women right there, man. Okay, okay, man. And it's just like, you know, and, and having a woman is a very big deal. Like, in your corner, you know, it, it, it is. I'm married. Shout out to my wife. She's, she turned me into a man. When you find somebody, they tell you things about yourself that you don't may not want to hear, you may not like, but it makes you change, and hopefully in the right direction. People don't like to be changed. That's why I don't like to be in a relationship. They're like, motherfucker going to change me. Well, if something's wrong and they around you every day, maybe they could change you in a positive way because you don't need nobody to change you in a negative way. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. Do, right. Do you feel that way too? Right. Like a, a strong woman yeah, yeah, in your like, corner. Yeah, like I learned, I learned, I learned, I learned a lot from uh, my ex. We was together. Uh, we was together three, three and a half, going on four years. I learned a lot from her. Like I have, like as far as her being, like her role, the role she played as my, as my woman, as my girlfriend. I have nothing. I can't say nothing bad about how she handled her business in our relationship as my woman. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't say nothing bad. And she showed me a lot about my motherfucking attitude. You know what I'm saying? She she checked a lot. You know what I'm saying? It was just like the first female that I ever dealt with that would like, like, did let me get away with certain shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she did not go for half. Like, she didn't go for it. Like, nigga, like, got me fucked up type shit. You know what I mean? Was she perfect? Was I perfect? No. You know what I'm saying? But I have to say that she has taught me a lot about myself as a man and how to treat the next. You know what I'm saying? Shit didn't work out. You know what I mean? The way it didn't work out. You know what I mean? With us. Whatever. But going into my late relationship now, you know, now niggas get to a, you get to a certain age where, and you get to a certain age where a good woman is a good thing to have, bro. Like, these niggas want to run around and, and fuck on all these hoes and, you know, fuck all these bitches and shit. Like, okay, that's cool. That's all right. But, but like, like, can you, like, like, it's, it's, it's a good, when you know you can trust your woman, you know what I mean? Or, or a woman that ain't your mama, that ain't your sister's. You know what I mean? Or that's a real close family or something. If you know you got a woman that you're involved with and you know you can trust her, like that's one of the 
best feelings ever. Like, niggas be thinking that shit is for suckers. Or, that ain't no sucker shit. That's just you found a good person, bro. And, like, nigga, ain't nothing wrong with loving that person. Ain't nothing wrong with showing that you love that person. None of that shit, bro. There's nothing wrong with that shit. There's nothing unmanly. There's nothing, you know, soft about it. Nothing, nigga. Like, these niggas be so... So they they, they want to be they, they put on this persona like like they just you know they don't have that in them when you do like it ain't you ain't soft because you love a woman what you want you want to love a nigga you want to be loving on your homeboys all that all the time like like that's kind of gay to me like you know what I'm saying it ain't no it ain't nothing against no gay people or nothing but these these niggas that that just act too hard. Like, they just can't, you know, you know, I just, I don't do that, you know what I mean? Well, find you the different type of female. You niggas go out to these functions and thinking, you know, this bitch with the cucumber in her mouth is the one that you need to take home to your mama. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Find you the one, find you, there's plenty of them out here because the ratio of good women to good men is such a outweighed ratio, you know what I'm saying? But... All these women are not just going for the bullshit no more. So it's like you've got to come correct or these women will stay single for forever. Like, you know what I'm saying? You've got to come correct. And when you find you a gym, when you find you a diamond, like when you find you a, you know what I mean, a fucking piece of, when you find that in a woman, nigga, it ain't, it, it's a good thing to have, bro. It's a nice, good thing to have when you know you could come home and your woman in there and you know that she ain't on no fuckery. Like, you know what I'm saying? When you know she's for you. You know what I'm saying? Give it, I, I, and, and yeah, I get I get it. Some, some females play games. You know what I'm saying? Just like niggas do. But there's a lot of females and there's a lot of dudes out there that don't play games. So you can't just say oh, everybody's bullshit, all these bitches ain't shit, all these niggas ain't shit. Can't go into that. You know what I'm saying? You know who ain't shit. Don't deal with them on that level. Yeah. But y'all go, y'all take that attitude to every female you meet, and you can't do that shit because all a lot of it's a man, bro. It's a lot of good women, bro. Like I'm not saying that to be soft or on no sucker shit. There's a lot of good fucking females out here that these niggas complain that ain't out here. They single as hell. You just gotta act right, nigga. Yeah, it's just... You just man, gotta act right. That's simple as that. It's like, and hurt people hurt people. So when niggas been through some shit, female been through some shit, a dude been through some shit, it's like, you just gotta find a way. Like, hey, let's just talk it out. If you got a problem, if you feel like stepping out, whatever, let's just break it off. Let's just be like... I'm into, like, I've never been on no gangster shit, no tough guy, nothing, but I love the gangster principle. So it's like, yo, if we feel like, yo, I want to be with somebody else or I want to go mess with something else, just tell them. Just tell them straight out. Like, yo, keep it real. Like, I'm feeling like I want to do this. Like, so you can either stay with me or not, and that'll be that. But it's just like, it's nothing wrong, like you said, with finding a good one because it's a lot of good ones out there. It's just... It's a lot of hurt people out there, you know, and everybody just right. trying to be the best them. But it's nothing like being broke with somebody and coming up together or going through something and then coming out of the fire and shit like that. It's nothing like that. 
And people won't know because you always fucking around and shit. But, like, you can fuck a lot of bitches. But when somebody died, like somebody died on you and you want to cry to them or something, all y'all do is fuck. She don't want to hear that. Like, it's like, it's right. weird for her. Like, bro, like, I'm trying to fuck like, and you on that man. Debbie Downer like, shit. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like, I don't really want to hear that. It's nothing like having somebody that knows, like, this face you look like something's wrong. If we just fucking, you don't know my emotions. You don't really know the shit about me like that. We don't know anything. Right. It's nothing like having a good one, man. But, man, John, man, we done fucked around there two hours telling your story, bro. <laughs> it, it's just, it's amazing. But I think, I think, man, and I really want to dedicate this um to the whole Lancaster, man. It's feel like sometimes it's the forgotten city and, People shit on it and stuff like that. But that's where I was raised up at from, like, seventh grade all the way until, like, uh, I was 19, man. And shout out to motherfucking um, Park Circle, K and Challenger, Avenue I, everybody that goes to the fair, the spot J4, Bada Vallarta, uh, K, wait, K, yeah, K and Ga- uh, Casting, like everybody, everybody went to Paiu. Everybody that went to New Vista from like two thousand one to two thousand three, the whole Antelope Valley High School, man. Shout out to all, man. Everybody that I was ever cool with or not cool with, man. It doesn't matter. It's like, yo, I just wish you the best. And like anybody that lived in Lancaster, don't be ashamed of that shit. It's like, yo, it's a part of your that's life. Where you from, nigga? That's where most of us is from, nigga. That's where most of us got in our first fucking fight. That's where a lot of well, niggas got their first, first got beat up at. Yeah, that's where a lot of niggas got their first keep pussy at. Yeah. That's where a lot of, you know, big female motherfuckers at. Nigga, that's where yeah. you from. You from the dirt. And shout out, it's, the, the, dirt, it's, it's, it's so crazy that we do it at this time because it's fair season. And niggas that grew up where we grew up know fair season is, is fun and dangerous at the same time. So it's like... Fun and dangerous Everybody just be safe out there, man. And everybody, man, if you're going through something like this podcast, I just want to uplift. That's why I brought my boy on to show his story, like what he came through. And I wanted to pick his brain on what made him stop and just like where he's at now. And this is for anybody dealing with that shit or in that shit right now. You can get out. It takes time. It takes patience. It's never going to happen when you want it to happen. But it can be done. No, nah. show can be done. No, nah, but it's just like, man, I just wanted to really have my boy. You know, he live walking, man. I could look at his house when I stepped from out of my house, man. And shout out to Benet, man. Benet was tough as shit. I knew she got that from you. Like, <laughs> Benet was hard as shit. Like, as a girl, I'm like, God, is this a girl that could fuck me up, my nigga? I had to think about that. Like, hold on, my nigga. Like, God damn. But. I'm like, yo, man, like, hey, man, shout out to everybody, man, like, like you said, Kevin and Quentin and man, everybody, man, it's just like, the Lancaster, man, hey, be proud, man, don't be ashamed, like, oh, you know, it's just Lancaster, because Lancaster is Lancaster, and everybody need to be uplifted, and, and it need to be better, because I just hear it keep getting worse and worse and shit like that, so, like, it's time for you know everybody to be uplifted, man. And I just hope it touched somebody hearing your story. And I- I'm glad that you know you where you at now. And I just wish nothing but the best for you, more success for you. Appreciate that, bro. You too, bro. All right, man. This is recorded. <laughs>